Pablo, are you up and going? I think we're good, Jimmy. Well, I'm glad you're here this morning. <clears throat> it's a good, good day to be in the Lord's house. We got some much re- needed rain this last week, and looks like we're going to have a little cold weather. And I know the kids would be excited about having a white Christmas. And, you know, that could happen in southwest Arkansas, but probably not likely. But we are we're starting a new text this morning. And uh, the, 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 a couple of questions, but... Uh, the real question is, whose son is the Christ? And we're looking at a phrase this morning, and we'll look at it next week, and probably some way or the other on, on uh, Christmas morning, on Sunday morning, the 25th, as we celebrate the, brother, the, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, we'll be looking at the question for each one of us, what do you think about Christ? You know, it's one thing to know what the world thinks about Christ. Uh, it's uh, another thing for you to personally know what do you think about Christ. So we're going to be looking at that. Uh, next Sunday morning, we'll go back to Psalms 110. Uh, it's the basis for the answer that Jesus uh, uh, gives to the Pharisees this morning. Uh, and so we'll go and, and look at that in some detail. Lord, I pray that you would bless the word as it's preached And I pray that you would uh, do with it what you see fit to do. I pray, dear Lord, that we'd be able not only to answer the question, whose son is the Christ, but I pray that individually, everyone in, in the hearing of this being said, every one of us would be able to answer the question, what do you think about the Christ? I thank you, dear Lord, that we can celebrate his birth. I thank you that we can sing about uh, deciding to follow Jesus. And I pray, dear Lord, that if there be one here this morning uh, that has not become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, that over the next couple of weeks at the end of this year as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, that that person might become a follower of Jesus. And dear Lord, as we prayed for extended family members this morning next door, and as we concentrate and think about that this week, and as we move towards the holidays, dear Lord, uh, towards celebrating Christmas and New Year's and assembling with family and extended family. I pray that we'd have a word ready to share with those who do not know Jesus the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ, the need for repentance and turning to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So I pray that you might bless our efforts to be more evangelistic during this time of the year. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 22 verse... 46. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And they said to him, The son of David. And he said to them, How is it then that David in the Spirit calls him Lord? saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. So that's where we're at today. 
at uh, the conception of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, in, in the womb of Mary, uh, Jesus was going to physically become a descendant of the line of David. A physical child from the lineage of David. But we know that in eternity past, that Jesus was also considered to be the Son of God. And we'll be looking at how those two could be true. Today we see Jesus rapidly approaching the cross. Now we're celebrating His birth, but in the Scripture we're rapidly a a day or two away from the cross. And in the past few weeks we've seen Jesus uh, on the defensive answering questions. Right? You remember that? Uh, What about Caesar? What about the resurrection? Uh, What was the one right before that? Uh, What about the greatest commandment? He was asked three questions. So now the tide turns just a little bit. Now, I I saw this in a a, a little uh, script somewhere. And it said that America uh, is kind of founded and rooted upon what we would call fair play. Uh, an equal playing ground. Well, and I got to thinking about that. That was until we figured out that a man, even though they're transing, can compete against a woman. There's no fair playing field anymore. All right? But we were rooted upon that fair play. So you're on the playground playing. You got one ball to kick around or one ball to shoot. And finally those kids over there that haven't been playing for a while, all of a sudden they go and say, hey, it's, th- it's our turn to play with the ball. It's time for us, us to play. So this fair play. So uh, fair play. What, what do we hear when uh, the government gets ready to pay taxes? Everybody's going to have to pay their fair share. Yeah, so we're kind of rooted up on that principle. Uh, matter of fact, Ruth Graham... Uh, the wife of Billy Graham, you know, who, all, who got all the airtime and who always was quoted and whose books were written. Well, later in her life, she wrote a book, My Turn. Even she saw that it was now time for her to speak. So, what Jesus is telling us today is, uh, you've had the floor long enough, and now I'm going to speak. I'm going to answer the questions. And I think it's really interesting that when he asked the question, he asked the question that they could not answer truthfully without implicating themselves for a disregard of the prophecy of Scripture in the Old Testament. So that's where we're at today. Now, he had been asked some difficult questions, but he asked a question that was impossible for the religious leaders to answer and answer truthfully. Now, it may take us a couple of weeks to figure this out, but I figure here around uh, the birth of Jesus' time, around Christmas time, we probably got a little time to look at this. So, are you interested in answering two questions? Whose son is the Christ? And what do you say about Christ Jesus? What do you think about Christ? Are those not two legitimate questions that we ought to have to answer? And I think that any of us that's concerned about following Jesus would want to ask 
those questions. So we're going to try to answer two questions. Whose son is the Christ, and what do you think about Christ? So let's look at the verses a little more closely, and uh, we'll kind of try to set up for next week and learning more. So let's look at verses 41 through 45, saving 46 for in a second. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, they've been there, they've been there all along. Uh, it's been a day of questioning and answered. But now Jesus asked them a question, saying, what do you think about the Christ? What do you think about Christ? Whose son is he? And they said to him, they said exactly what he expected them to say, because this is what they believed. Matter of fact, this, this was such a belief of theirs that it probably, it probably influenced their ability to believe that he was anything other than the son of David because they had relied upon the scripture so much. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And they said to him, the son of David. And he said to them, how is it then that David in Psalms 110 verse 1 would say this? How is it that David, now look at this, this phrase in here, in the spirit... In other words, he was, he was not taught them of his own ability. In the spirit, this was revealed to David. And here's what he said. In the spirit, David calls him Lord. Now, uh, if you'll look down in verse 44, I've, I've got it full caps there. The Lord said to my Lord. So, in, in a lot of the different translation, that first Lord is in all caps referring to God Almighty, Yahweh, the Lord. So David said, the Lord said to my Lord. So David is now calling Jesus Christ what? Lord. Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Jesus says, if then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? Now, we don't like to think much. Just give it to me. So how could this be? I'm quite sure that the Pharisees were probably worse than we are. They didn't want to think. They wanted to go on their traditions and belief and what they'd regurgitated for life. If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? Verse 46, And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. They were stumped. All right. So Mark and Luke, you can go back and read it. Not much difference in the reading from Mark and Luke and in Matthew. So for the right understanding of this discussion... We must understand the expectation of the Jews for the Messiah. What did the Jews accept, expect the Messiah, the Savior, to do? It was, it was, uh, it was uh, rooted in uh, their, their culture. It was rooted in their thinking. It was rooted in their society what they thought that this Messiah was going to do. 
And whatever you have uh, driven into you and whatever rooted in you is going to affect your ability to believe anything else. You with me? Okay. So, the Pharisees and the Jews were looking for the Messiah. But they weren't looking for the Messiah that we are looking for. Are you ready? They only expected Him to do the things in the world that they wanted Him to do. Okay. He was to be a man, thus the Son of David. Amen? He was a man, and in the flesh He was the Son. He was of the line of David. He was descended from David's kingly line. Look at Isaiah 9, 6. For us... To us a child is born, to us a son is given. Now, when we read that, we're not thinking about David. We're not, because that's not what we're brought up on. When we read that, for us a child is born, to us a son is given, we're, we're thinking about God the Father and the Son that He's given to us. But that's not what the Jews thought. They were thinking Worldly, They were thinking about David. Look at this. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called. Is that what they wanted? Did they want him to come and be the Messiah and be the ruler and set things in order for the Jewish nation? That's exactly what they were looking for. And let me just tell you. Whatever you're looking for is likely what you're probably going to find. So you better be careful what you're looking for. You need to look for some truth. You need to look in Scripture. But when we look at the last part of this Isaiah 9, 6, I don't know how in the world they could read Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace and think about anything other than God the Father and God the Son. But they missed it because they were looking for a worldly king. They dreamed of an earthly king that would rule in the line of David and restore their freedom. That's what they wanted. Look, just think about this. That's exactly how the Antichrist is going to get involved in this. Y'all with me? Uh, And I'm telling you, day day before yesterday, that would have been Friday, if you're reading the MacArthur One Year Bible, It just, I got through reading that thing and it was like the Old Testament talked about America and the New Testament talked about America. It was just like, we're exactly where they were at in in that reading. And that's what I was was thinking about. So the Antichrist, hey look, it's going to get bad. And everybody's going to be looking for somebody to solve the world's problems. That's going to be the Antichrist. So we need to be discerning. We need to be not looking for a man that can solve the world's problems. We need to be looking for the Savior to return who's going to bring an end to it as the Scripture says He'll bring. Look, it's going to get worse. Somebody's going to be alive when it all comes down. It may be us. 
It may not be us. So now we see Jesus taking his opportunity to talk to them about his special nature. Y'all with me? I don't have a special nature. But Jesus had a special nature, didn't he? He was fully God and he was fully man. So what do you think about the Christ? He asked that question, and I'm asking that question. Look, young people, make yourself stop right now. I mean, make yourself stop right now and listen to this question. What do you think about Christ? Because what you think about Christ and what you do with Christ is going to seal your eternity. It's a serious question. So what do you think about Christ? Whose son is it? And they said to him, the son of David. Now, this was a commonly received opinion among them. That's what they were taught. But Jesus wanted more. Yes, he's the son of David. But what else? He goes a step further with the Jews. And he says, how is it then that David in the spirit... You know, that's uh, anointed, uh, enlightened by God. David was a prophet. We're going to see the scripture that affirms that. How did he get this prophetic ability? In the spirit, he was given that. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? David was a prophet, and he spoke in Psalm 110.1, inspired by the Holy Ghost. Look at Psalms 110.1. It's a direct quote. Matter of fact, we'll look at this next week. The most quoted Psalms in all of Psalms is Psalms 110. It's quoted by Jesus. It's quoted by Paul. It's quoted by all the writers in the New Testament. It's the most quoted. And this is what Psalm 110 one says, this is what David said. We'll look next week. There is a little bit of pushback that somebody other than David is the author of Psalm 110. But, but all that's nonsense. David is the author of Psalm 110. And we'll, we'll flesh that out next week too. But in Psalm 110, one, we, we, you see what we're... You, you got this. I know you got this. What Jesus was quoting was Psalms 110.1. He was quoting David in his question and answer to the people. You got that? Okay, so he goes back to the Old Testament. Psalm 110.1, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Now, does that sound like maybe some worldly implications too? It surely could when that's what you were looking for. If you were looking for a king just to put, the, put the, the end to all your worldly enemies, you'd be looking for that, right? But when we read that, we don't think about that. We think about all of our enemies spiritually, right? The devil, sin, death, right? We look for those things, but they weren't looking for that. They were looking for the answer of a worldly king. Acts 1.16 says, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, 
which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. David was a prophet. Acts 2.30, being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne. Who's that speaking of? That's speaking of David. And that's speaking of Jesus being a descendant of David. Now, let me ask you this question. Would David have called him Lord if he was only his son? I look out there and I see see Dwayne and he's not going to call Brett his Lord. Martin's not going to look at his two boys and call them Lord. He's going to call them, they're going to call him my son. And they're not going to add to it the Lord or my Lord. But listen to what he said. If, if then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? Look, look at what David said. He said, the Lord said to my Lord. God said to my son, Jesus, my Lord. So David calls him Lord. So again, let me, the, the question that, that, uh, that Jesus asked is, how can it be? So David is not speaking prophetically if Christ was to be his son and no more. He wasn't just to be his son. He was to be more than his son. Amen? He is to be the Lord. But that's what they all believed. Would he have said, sit at my right hand, a place of highest honor, dignity, and favor until I make thine enemies my footstool? That is forever. Would he talk about the eternity of his son if it was just out of his, his, his uh, body that came an earthly son? He wouldn't have said those kind of things. So how is David's Lord also his son? And how is David's Lord also the Savior? That's a question that we're trying to think about. So as I was preparing this, I kind of got ready for this point in the sermon. Kind of scratching our heads, okay? And uh, I kind of think about... uh, this week of, of, of trying to figure this out. And I kind of felt, thought this week, you know, people are going to look at me kind of like sometimes you look at me. And somebody was telling me last week, I don't think sometimes that you ought to think those deer in the headlight looks is that they're not paying attention. Uh, they're just trying to grasp it all. So that's the way I'm going to take it this morning. So I've had to scratch my head. And I've had to think and pray this week for understanding and, and wouldn't that be okay if we all had to do that a little bit? Is there anything wrong with having to think? Especially deeply about what? Spiritual things. Now, I just saw this week, and Jennifer probably picked up, there's a new, there's a new student app out there that will now write students' essays for them. And, and so the, the gist in the education system is where all this is going to go. The capabilities that students will have off an app to have their work done. That's where we're at. 
We don't want to have to think. We just want somebody else to, to do it for us. So we ought to stop, especially when we come to these questions. So what do you ask Peter? Peter, who do you say that I am? Right? And now he says here in chapter 20, uh, 22, he says, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, I always forget that last part just a little out of sync here. What do you think about the Christ? And then over in chapter 26 of Matthew, three times at least, listen to what he says. He says, And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him one after another, Is it I, Lord? So, nope, 27, 22. Hang on. All right, listen to this. He said, Pilate said to them, Then what shall I, would, what shall I do with Jesus who is called the Christ? Okay, so the question, who do you say that Christ is, and what are you going to do with Jesus? That's something we need to think about. That's something worth thinking about. So it's the time and season that we ought to dwell deeply upon these things. How could Christ be the son of David and also David's Lord? No mere man did that. Amen? So it had to be something special. What do you think about the Christ? So, listen to these uh, nots, okay? Jesus is not about to prove that the Christ was not to be the son of David. That was not his purpose. He did not go about to prove that he himself was the Messiah. What he was proving to them, and if he proved it to them, also in turn to us, that Christ had to be more than a flesh and blood being. Are y'all with me? Christ had to be more than flesh and blood. He had to be the very substance and the very Son of God Himself. If He was not more than David, David would have never called Him Lord. He would never have said that the Jehovah should call him to sit at his right hand. That's not going to happen. But verse 46, And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. So where's Jesus at? He is in enemy territory. And we see him in this text going on the offensive. He's now beginning to question them. Because has his fate been sealed? Has the fate of Jesus been sealed? And so now in his last days, he's going to speak all the truth. He's going to ask all the questions that he can ask. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They've tested him about church and state. What shall you give to Caesar? They've tested him about the resurrection and future life. They've asked him about the commandments, and those are pretty deep subjects, but he really gets to the most deep of all subjects, and that deep of all subjects is Christ. Christi- are y'all with me? Christ is all- Christianity is all about Christ. And so, if there's a question about Christ, we as Christ followers ought to be thinking about how to answer that question. 
Amen? We should be. They said to him when he asked the question, the son of David. Was that the truth? Absolutely. They believed the promised deliverer would descend from the line of David. And here he is. But they either did not know or would not confess his divine origin from eternity past. He said to them, How then, or how is it then that David in the Spirit calls him Lord? Saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. And then David calls him Lord. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? So in this text, we see Jesus affirming the divine inspiration of Scripture. We see also him affirming David as a prophet. And not only is he a prophet, but he is an author of not only this psalm, but many psalms David wrote. He's the author of many psalms, and many of these psalms have what we call a Mesonaic application. Those psalms spoke of what? The Messiah, the Savior to come. So we get back to verse 43. He said to them, How is it that David in the Spirit calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Jesus says these are the words of David as he spoke by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God gave David the words to say. In the Spirit. So this affirms the inspiration and the authorship of 110th, the 110th Psalm uh, in the greatest way. It explains that he was the author of this psalm. Verse 44 again, the Lord said to my Lord, David learned by the Holy Spirit what the Father said of the Son. So by the Holy Spirit, he is given the connection to Father and Son. And then he says these words, until I put your enemies under your feet. Now, what has this statement, when the Lord said, until I put your enemies under your feet, he has put some eternality, he has made Jesus Christ eternal. Because this putting the enemies under the feet wasn't going to come in the lifetime of David, but it was going to come in the life and the expansion of Christ and him being the Messiah. So it gave some eternal concept to Christ. Because what are we, just, what are we struggling with? An earthly king, David was, David's where? David's in the tomb. Where's his bones at? They're in the tomb. But Christ is eternal. So this was the Pharisees' problem. If the Messiah was David's son, how was it that David, by the Holy Spirit, called him Lord. They wanted him to be the son of David, but they couldn't get the connection that he was also the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And that verse 46 kind of sums it up. And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. Now, 
If the Pharisees could have denied the psalm of speaking of the Messiah, they could have answered the question in some sort of way. But they could not deny the speaking of Psalms 110 of speaking to Christ because that was their tradition. Are you with me? Tradition had it that there were penitent Psalms, Psalms 110 being one of them, that spoke specifically that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, the coming Savior. And that's what they taught. And so if they denied Him being the Messiah, they would be denying their teaching. So they didn't have that to fall back upon because that's what they taught. Now, who except Jesus could have used that kind of question to put them in a place they couldn't answer the question? They didn't have that ability, but He did. And no one was able to answer Him a word. So the religious leaders of Jesus' day surely recognized Psalms 110 and other Psalms as speaking of the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the Anointed One. But listen to this. When they did that, when they saw these Psalms as speaking of the Messiah, they did not understand the implications of it. Now what is one implication of it already? The implication is not only is he's David's son, but he's also David's Lord. So that's the implication. So Psalms 110, and we'll look at it closely next week, and other Psalms are speaking of the Messiah, and when they speak of Him as the Messiah, there are great implications of it when we specifically come to what Jesus quoted from Psalms 110 when He answered their question. Do you all get that picture now? So let's go back and look, look at the Scripture. So when Jesus gets to verse 44, He is specifically quoting from Psalms 110 which they taught and believed and understood of speaking to the Messiah. Kind of get that? Okay. So, Christ silenced them. This stopped the questioning of Jesus completely. Was Jesus the master of dialogue? Was He the master of questions? And so, when they couldn't answer Him, what was their next recourse? They're going to do away with Him. They're going to kill him because they can't undo him and who he is. Charles Spurgeon, the great Baptist preacher of the 1800s, taught that Psalms 110 is all about Christ. All right, now, so as I want you to read Psalm 110 at seven or eight verses, read, read it this week. So Spurgeon says Psalms 110 is all about Christ. And he goes on to say, and it is not even remotely about David. David wrote it, but he wasn't writing about himself. Who was he writing about? Yeah. And so when we begin to answer that question, 
uh, the question that we keep, keeps coming up, whose son is the Christ, and what do you think about the Christ? What we've got to see is everything about us and our Christianity has to do with Christ Jesus. So, what about the, uh, the idea that the Messiah is eternal? What about His divinity? Is He absolutely divine? Yes, He is. What about His physical body? Did He have a physical body like you and I have? Absolutely. But then the question becomes, if He is eternal, if He is divine, yet He is a man, what are we to think about this man? And who is this man? That was surely the son of David. Is he the Messiah? Is he our Savior? So how does a father call his son Lord? Well, let me just tell you this. It's not going to happen unless that father is inspired by the Spirit, right? That he is Lord. He is Savior. That's how it happened. You get that? It only happened, David only understood that when inspired by the, by the Spirit of God, that Jesus, Jesus is not only his Son, but Jesus Christ is Lord. And that could only happen if he was more than a mere man. He would have to be Lord God Almighty. So next week, we're going to look at Psalms 110, and we'll look at all seven or eight verses. And we'll answer the question from Psalms 110, what do you think about the Christ? Psalms.